Hello everybody, this is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to my Explorations podcast. Today is Wednesday, which means, according to the schedule I set up when we started this podcast a few months ago, it is Navi Wednesday. We are taking, we are tackling, we are summarizing and exploring one chapter of Navi every week. And this week we are up to Sefer Shoftim Perik Dalad, which is the book of Judges chapter 4. Now, chapters 4 and 5 together comprise the story of the Shofetes, the judge Devorah, rather popular, well-known. Chapter 4 is the story of Devorah. Chapter 5 is Shiras Devorah. However, there are many elements in the Shira, in the song that she sings, that uh, give us a lot of insight into the story, into the whole theme of the book of Judges, which I will remind us of before I begin talking about chapter 4. The book of Judges is what I call the Jewish version of the Federalist Papers in story format. What I mean by that is that when the Jewish people entered the Holy Land, under the leadership of Yehoshua. Yehoshua was the single national leader of the Jewish people. In fact, the Rambam in Hilchos Malachim in his Law of Kings refers to Yehoshua as a king who was legally and constitutionally a king under the rules of the Torah. However, unlike other kings who left a dynasty, before Yehoshua died, he made it clear that the Jewish people would devolve into separate administrations of the tribes and finalize and complete the conquest of Eretz Yisrael, each in within their own tribe. So this has its inherent failures because you don't have a national effort. On the other hand, things are learned in each chapter. We learn mainly how having this broken up leadership leads to a lack of success. Certain failure accompanies each success. And we see how sometimes sometimes they have to make do. So for example, in chapter 3, under the leadership of Ehud, we saw how sometimes subterfuge had to be used because the Jews were not on equal footing with their enemies. Now we're going to start the story of Devorah. Now, what we hear is that after the events of chapter 3, the Jewish people had a peace of 80 years. Those 80 years concluded with the leadership of a Shamgar ben Anas, and yet he reigned, he ruled as a leader for a very short time, which leads us to chapter 4, saying that the Jews again fell into their patterns, and this time they were handed over by Hashem to someone by the name of Yavin Melech Knaan, which is interesting because Knaan was not a single kingdom, but they ruled, this Yavin and his Canaanite people ruled in the north. <clears throat> and yet we don't hear much about Yavin, rather we hear about his general. His general was Sisra. Sisra is the more well-known uh, villain in this story. And the Jewish people, the Bnei Israel, cry out because Sisra had 900 iron chariots and he oppressed the Jewish people for 20 years. Okay, so follow what's been going on. To use the language of history, the Knanim, who are being defeated for the most part, are already in the Iron Age, meaning they have iron chariots. 
Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, do not. So it's amazing that under Yehoshua they had succeeded to the extent that they did. But now they cry out and they want help. Now here is when Devorah shows up. People have tried to make a big deal of the fact that Devorah is a woman, and that look at that, the Jewish people had women leaders, and tried to draw all sorts of conclusions. However, I think the real point here is that, and it's somewhat obvious, that Devorah is the exception that proves the rule. And very much like the story that we read about the Jewish people during their exile in Egypt, that it was because of Nashim Tzitkanios, because of the righteous women, that the Jewish people were redeemed from Mitzrayim, from Egypt. That's because the men had not stepped up to the plate. And this is the weakness that's inherent in chapter 4. It's not just that Devorah is a powerful woman, or that she is a, first of all, she is a Neviah, she's a prophetess, and then she is a leader. She is a leader because the Jewish men failed. That's the real story here. And don't think I'm just um, making this vague suggestion. The Navi says as much, because when she summons a powerful general that the Jews had at the time, Barak ben Avinoam, from Naphtali, and says, Listen, Hashem has told me that we can now defeat Sisra, and we can defeat the Knanim and uh, establish our leadership here in the north. Barak says, you know, I don't want to do it unless you come with me. Which is a very weak thing to say. If a Navi is telling you you can do it, and you're like, well, I'm kind of afraid. I don't want the buck to stop with me. I want the buck to stop with you. And she, she criticizes him for it. She says, I'll go with you, but this is not a good idea, and you will not get any of the credit for what has happened. Not that he was looking for it, but as, he point, as Dvorah points out, Sisera will be defeated by a woman. Barak then gathers together men from Zavulun and Naphtali, 10,000 men, and Dvorah goes with him, and they go to fight. Now, why only Zavulun and Naphtali? Well, we're going to see in chapter 5 that it's not that he didn't try to get more people. Only Zavulun and Naphtali stepped up to the plate. And then, as they go to fight, we hear once again about the Kani, who we heard about back in chapter 2. The Kani are members of Yisro's tribe, meaning originally Midianites, but then they left, and the Kani are a, a tribe associated with Klal Yisrael, and they will become a big deal. Anyway, let's go on. The fight is fought, but as we see in most of these cases, it is won by the Jews, really only Bederich Nes. And what is the Nes? What is the miracle? The miracle is that the Canaanite troops under Sisra just have a freak out, which is very easy to happen in times of war, and they all flee. They just got scared and they flee. Sisra then is fleeing also, even though he is the general, and he's running, and he runs to the tent of Yael. Yael is the wife of Hever Hakeni, who is one of the, the leader of this tribe that I mentioned that joined the Jewish people. But because they weren't Jews, meaning they weren't Jewish in the way that we think of Gerim as being Jewish, but rather they were still existing as a separate tribe, Sisra thought that this would be a safe place to hide. He then runs in, he asks for something water to drink, she gives him milk, which apparently is quite intoxicating, at least back in biblical times. We'll talk about that some more. And he rests from the rush and the, the crisis that has been averted. He tells her to keep watch. He goes to sleep. She takes a tent peg and a hammer and kills him. And then as they, the Jewish troops are running to try to find him, Yael comes out of the tent 
and says, is this the guy who you want? And there he is, Sisera is dead, fallen dead with a peg in his head. And because of this, Hashem arranged for Yavin, the king of Canaan, to be subjugated. And this is how the Jewish people were able to take control over the north of Eretz Canaan, even more than they had done before. This story, which includes Devorah's role in the story, Barak's lack of a role in the story, and the fact that only Zvulun and Naphtali stepped up to the plate, are going to become major issues as we hear more about the war when we get to chapter 5. Thank you all for listening. Take care, everybody.